Welcome back. I am Seth Liebson. Thursday, December 22nd, 2022. Our phone number is 602 Anything on your mind, that's what we're here for. The um, old philosopher storyteller Garrison Keillor had a uh, fictional town. Remember his Lake Wobegon stories, his Lake Wobegon days? And uh, he would always describe it as the place where all the women are strong, all the men good-looking, and all the children above average. A better philosopher who uh, understood true polar paradoxes, Leo Strauss, in uh, an introductory essay on Spinoza, said it is safer to try to understand the low in light of the high than the high in light of the low. In doing the high in light of the low, one necessarily distorts the high, whereas in doing the low in light of the high, one does not deprive the low of the freedom to reveal itself fully for what it is or what it can be. In other words, standards matter. Measurements matter. Ability matters. Something to aim for matters. And if you want a pretty good template for how unseriously that warning has been discarded by our education system. I want to tell you a story about what might have been, up until yesterday, the finest public high school in the entire United States of America, Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology. It's based in Virginia. Anyone who studies education knows that that's about the best school there is. There's two or three others that might try and compete, but it's like Harvard competing with Yale once upon a time. Not anymore. Harvard and Yale aren't aren't that good anymore. Thomas Jefferson High School until yesterday was. Over at the City Journal, Asra Nomani writes, For years, two administrators at Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology have been withholding notifications of National Merit Awards from the school's families, most of them Asian, thus denying students the right to use those awards to boost their college admission prospects and earn scholarships. This episode has emerged amid the school district's new strategy of, quote, equal outcomes for every student without exception. Why have a school? What are you teaching? Equal outcomes for every student without exception. School administrators, for instance, have implemented an equitable grading policy that eliminates zeros, gives students a grade of 50 percent just for showing up. 50%, you are halfway there just by appearing, and assigns a cryptic code of NTI for assignments not turned in. It's a race to the bottom. You don't get an F or a zero. You get an NTI. An intrepid Thomas Jefferson parent, Shana Yashar, a lawyer, uncovered the withholding of National Merit Awards. Since starting as a freshman at the school in September of 2019, her son, who is part Arab American, studied statistical analysis, literature reviews, and college-level science late into the night. The workload was necessary to keep him up to speed with the advanced studies at Thomas Jefferson. 
Last fall, along with about one and a half million U.S. high school juniors, Yashar teen, the, the Yashar teen, Yashar took the PSAT, which determines whether a student qualifies as a national merit scholar. When it came time to submit his college applications this fall, he didn't have a national merit honored report. But it wasn't because he didn't get the award. It's because he didn't know about it. The National Merit Scholarship Corporation had recognized him as a commended student in the top 3% nationwide, one of about 50,000 students earning that distinction. Principals usually celebrate their National Merit Scholars, brag about it, want to brag about it. They usually celebrate it with special award ceremonies, breakfasts, YouTube videos, press releases, social media announcements, but not at Thomas Jefferson. School officials had decided to withhold announcement of the award. Indeed, it turns out that the principal, Anne Bonatatibus, and the director of student services, Brandon Kosatka, had been withholding this information from families for the public for years, affecting the lives of at least 1,200 students over the principal's tenure of five years. Recognition by National Merit opens the door to millions of dollars in college scholarships, and 800 special scholarships for corporate sponsors. So understand, you as the student who might have won a National Merit Scholarship or National Merit Recognition, you wouldn't know it because they don't communicate the award or the distinction directly to you. They don't tell you. They tell the principal. So it's in the principal's control as to whether you will know or not. And one would have thought it insane until yesterday not to want to have a school where your students are earning national merit awards, commendations, and scholarships. Ms. Nomani writes, I learned two years after the fact that national merit had recognized my son, a graduate of Thomas Jefferson's class of 2021 as a commended student, in a September 10, 2020 letter that national merit sent to the principal. But the principal, who lobbied that fall to nix the school's merit-based admission test to increase diversity, never told us about it. She had a national merit student and didn't know about it. Didn't know about it. Parents from early years, earlier years told me she also didn't tell them about any commended student awards. One former student said he learned he had won the award through a random email from the school to a school district email account that students rarely check. The principal neither told his parents nor made a public announcement. On September 16th of this past year, National Merit sent a letter to the principal listing 240 students recognized as commended students or semifinalists. The letter included these words in bold type, quote, Please present the letters of commendation as soon as possible, since it is the student's only notification, close quote. These principals knew they were the only, any principal would know, but they were further instructed that they were the only ones who had the ability to confer the information. National Merit hadn't included enough stamps on the package, but nevertheless, it got to Bonitat Tebus by mid-October, before the October 31st deadline for early acceptance to select colleges. In an email, this principal, Bonnie Tatibas, told Yashar that she had signed the certificates within 48 hours, but homeroom teachers get the the awards until a month later, after the early application deadlines had passed. Teachers dropped the certificates unceremoniously on students' desks. Nothing to see here. Nothing to make an issue of. Keeping these certificates from students is theft by the state, 
says Yashar. Bonitatibus didn't notify parents or the public. What's more, it could be a civil rights violation with most TJ students, Thomas Jefferson students, in a protected class of gifted students, most of them racial minorities, many with disabilities, and most coming from immigrant families whose parents speak English as a second language. Can you think of anything more cruel? Really? You come here as a legal immigrant, you get your child into Thomas Jefferson in the first place, you learn English as a second language, you teach them English as a first language, your student does better than most anyone does, kind of, you know, way above the way above way above the ninety nine percentile for these things, and they just don't tell you about it. In a call with uh, Yashar, Kasatka admitted that the decision to withhold the information from parents and inform the students in a low-key way was intentional. Quote, we want to recognize students for who they are as individuals, not focus on their achievements, he told her, claiming that he and the principal didn't want to hurt the feelings of students who didn't get the award. This is what it's about now, folks. A National Merit spokeswoman said that the organization's officials leave the honor exclusively to the high school principals to announce Kasatka and Bonatibus, the officials at Thomas Jefferson, didn't respond to any requests for comment for this story. In a rare admission, one Fabio Zuluanga, an assistant superintendent at Fairfax County Public Schools, told me that the school system has erred not telling students, the public, and families about awards. Quote, it was a mistake to be honest with you. Zulanga said it also isn't enough just to hand over a certificate. It's something that deserves something special, he said. A commendation sends a very strong message to the kid, right? Your work is meaningful. If you work hard in life, there are good benefits from that, close quote. When the top schools in this country no longer care about what it means to be top, much less want to hide the success of their students from the other students because, quote, equal outcomes for every student without exception, yeah, we're in Harrison-Bergeron land. We're in Harrison-Bergeron land. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. My guess is that because of... Two things. This story will not get the attention it merits and the attention it deserves. Um, I'll give you the story in a minute. First, the thesis of the two things. One, a media empire and unified field theory that is not just overwhelmingly, but darn near exclusively left wing. And two, Vladimir Zelensky's being in Washington, D.C., will crowd out something important that the House Republicans, I mentioned this yesterday when it just broke, released yesterday. Um, House Republicans, this is from Miranda Devine, House Republicans issued a scathing report yesterday exposing House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's key role in the catastrophic security and intelligence failures that left the U.S. Capitol vulnerable to a violent attack on January 6, 2021. You know about this attack 
There can only be one narrative. There can only be one person responsible. There can only be one party's failure, right? Not so fast. Days after Pelosi's January 6th committee recommended insurrection charges against former President Donald Trump over the Capitol riot, Republicans have hit back with a counter-investigation apportioning blame for the internal security breakdown on January 6th to Pelosi and a dysfunctional Capitol Police Intelligence Division. The report says, quote, leadership and law enforcement failures within the U.S. Capitol left the complex vulnerable on January 6th. The report, based on a trove of texts and email messages and testimony from Capitol Police leaders and rank and file officers, is what leads to that conclusion. House Sergeant at Arms Paul Irving, who answered to Pelosi as one of three voting members of the Capitol Police Board, quote, succumbed to political pressures from the office of Speaker Pelosi and House Democratic leadership and was, quote, compromised by politics and did not adequately prepare for any violence at the Capitol that day. Pelosi and her staff, quote, coordinated closely with Irving on security plans for the joint session of Congress on January 6th, but Republicans were deliberately left out of important discussions related to security. And in an apparent attempt to hide from Republicans the fact that they were being excluded from discussions, Irving asked a senior Democratic staffer to, quote, act surprised when he sent key informa- information about plans for the joint session on January 6th to him and his Republican counterpart. The staffer replied, I'm startled. The report also claims that, quote, staff within the House Sergeant-at-Arms office emailed Paul Irving that January 6th was Pelosi's fault, although it provides no evidence for the assertion. When Irving was forced to resign after the riot, an email from an unnamed staffer in his office criticized Pelosi's rea- knee-jerk reaction to yesterday's unprecedented event, that's in, all in quotes, and described his resignation as spectacularly unjust, unfair, and unwarranted. This is not your fault. The Republicans responsible, Jim Banks, Jim Jordan, Rod Davis, Kelly Armstrong, Troy Neal, are the five congressmen originally nominated to sit on the January 6th committee. Imagine that. Imagine that. They were the ones originally nominated by Speaker, well, then Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy. But who vetoed them? Nancy Pelosi. Who'd she replace them with? Kinziger and Liz Cheney. This stinks to high heavens. Given Pelosi's assiduous grooming of Cheney, no doubt it suited both their interests to focus the final report on Trump and not on anyone else's culpability for the problems of lax security. But now the Republicans Pelosi rejected have skewered her in this rival report, dredging up some of what she tried to hide despite complaining of obstruction from the personnel she controls. Uh, this goes on and on, including turning down requests for more National Guard. And I don't want in the discussion of this to think that we're blaming victims here. I don't want us to think that the culpability doesn't reside with those who obviously rioted. Of course it does. Of course it does. But how many situations do you know of in every other context where the pulling back of or the lack of policing in a dangerous area or a vulnerable area 
is the responsibility of those who pulled back and left it and let it be dangerous. Let's not confuse these derelictions of duty. They are one and the same. They are one and the same. Anyway, um, I do worry that this report won't get much attention. Maybe it will be revived um, when Kevin McCarthy becomes the next Speaker of the House and takes control of the House of Representatives. Um, But it seems to me that um, it seems to me for right now, all it is is about Donald Trump. And I, I will say one good thing about this final report and commendation of charges to the Department of Justice that came out of the January 6th committee. The one good thing is people seem so exhausted by it that they're kind of done with it. It is kind of interesting. Maybe I'm wrong. You tell me if I'm wrong. But a lot of us have been kind of hoping that Donald Trump would just kind of make less news and not be the topic of every possible conversation or the touch point or touchstone of every discussion in America. And up until, you know, the last three weeks, that's kind of been true. He's kind of been fading a little bit. Um, This January 6th uh, committee seems to be the only thing that keeps bringing him back into the news. It would be nice, as we often say here, to have some politically free zones, some politics free zones in America. It would be nice, too, that not everything be about Donald Trump all the time and all every day. We've kind of had that reprieve. I think we could use a little bit more of it. Um, Of course, that's the responsibility of the media and the Democrats that want him to be in the news. But it's also his responsibility, too, and some of the decisions he makes. Now, maybe not all of you agree with me. I'm sure not all of you do. But it seems to me right now it would be a better place for America to have fewer all politics all the time and less all Donald Trump all the time as part of it. It just seems to me that going especially into the Christmas and New Year's, it might be a nice resolution to try and have some places where, as C.S. Lewis once described, a country that thinks often about politics is like a body or a person that thinks a lot about medicine. Politics should be thought of here and there as a sick patient should think about medicine. I'm worried that we're becoming an increasingly sick patient as a country by focusing so much about politics all the time. All right, we'll be right back. That's the right music to come in with this. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. I've been asking guests as well as listeners to uh, share a little message with the rest of the audience, a little bit of a Christmas and New Year message. And one of our listeners uh, is actually one of our sponsors who took me up on this, Solar Sandy. Uh, she is someone you walk into a room. She walks into a room. She lights up the room. Uh, kind of her namesake is represented by her very being. Solar Sandy, welcome back to the show. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Seth, and to all your listening audience, the wishing of blessed season, and thank you for having me on today. Of course. Thank you for helping us uh, keep the um, keep the lines of communication open with the audience as one of our dear sponsors. What would you like to talk to the community about today, Solar Sandy? Well, you know, it's been 
a year that has been a challenge for us all. And, you know, we just have to keep the faith and, and keep on going. And, you know, where I can help Seth is, you know, inflation is hitting everybody, you know, uh, with food and gas prices. And unfortunately, um, this coming year, our electric bills are going to go up. And so, you know, my, my gift to people is, is to help them get rid of their power bills and put more of their hard-earned money in their pockets versus the power companies, where inflation is going to hit that as well. Yeah, yeah, you betcha, you betcha. Um, let me give out your website uh, for folks that may want to take you up on that. Uh, it's AskSolarSandy.com, AskSolarSandy.com. You can hear from her voice. She is a real person. I know her well. And uh, you get a free quote, quote with no cost and no obligation. If you do want to talk to her, you get a custom proposal. And uh, you get bill monitoring with everything she does and um, and can do for you. Uh, Sandy, um, talk to me just a little bit about some of the some of the great benefits that people can end up with if they go uh, with you and through you on your program. They can actually end up getting paid by the electric companies in some cases, right? Absolutely, stuff. You know, you know. T- over ten years ago, now I created a formula for my daughter and my son-in-law when I was able to pay my daughter's bill. And what I've done is I've perfected it to make sure that my families are producing enough electricity to put onto the the meters, APS's meters and SRP's meters, to get them to zero APS. I think, you know, most often get people to check. My average family gets between six and twelve hundred dollars back. So SRP is a little bit more difficult, but I get these people people's bills to zero or as close to zero as I can. Well, Sandy, thank you so much. What do you got what do you got going with your family for Christmas? Well, I'm gonna go spend time with the family. We're going to South Carolina this year. Wonderful. And um, you know, I just again I just wish everyone the most blessed uh Christmas vacation and, you know, the very, very best in, in twenty twenty three. We patriots, we all have to stick together. And um and I look forward to seeing more of them this year from your show, Seth. And you're a blessing and I just count you as a, a You are too. Blessing. You know, I was just thinking, Sandy, um a lot of people in our movement are are thankful to Elon Musk for opening up Twitter's channels of communication so that we can communicate more. It's a good opportunity for me to remind the audience and with you on the phone, it's a good it equally it, it, even better opportunity. You know, it's because of our sponsors that we do have this ability to communicate with the audience. So, Sandy, to you, we all, all of us in the audience, thank you. Those who are your customers and clients, those who aren't yet, and those who just like knowing that there are people like you who, you know, put your money where your mouth is and believe in the message that um, they they believe in and want to communicate. So the thanks is really to you, dear. Really, it's to you. My my pleasure, and, and it's so wonderful to be a part of, you know, like I said, being a patriot and 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 continuing to support you and, and getting the message out, truth and accuracy is very important to me, and that's why I'm on the station. And that's why your company is such a success as well, truth and accuracy. AskSolarSandy.com is the website. Read the testimonials. Uh, I can I can testify about her all day long, but you read those customer testif- customer and client testimonials. And they speak for themselves. Solar Sandy, thank you for calling and thank you for checking in. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for being who you are. And a very merry, merry Christmas to you and your family. Uh, looks like we have another visitor. Is my associate producer walking in and wanting to come on air and correct the record on some? Okay. 
Fine. We're going to correct a few records here with my associate producer. Maybe there's a double entendre in that. I'm Seth Leibson. Room for more. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. At the start of this year, you could invest in almost anything and make money. Stock market was growing. Real estate was high. Cryptocurrency was the rage. And, well, what a difference the year has made. 2023, 2023 is going to be a year of uh, a lot of economic turmoil, according to many economists. And the Biden regime is pressing ahead with its leftist agenda, ignoring the growing signs of both recession and inflation. Um. This is why I recommend, you heard Seb Gorka doing it earlier, uh, calling veteran-owned Midas Gold Group to safeguard your wealth with the stability of gold through the Midas Gold Group. Gold holds its value when economies fail, guarding against the ravages of inflation and the ruin of a recession. Talk with these good people. They are good people. They are veteran-owned. I know them well. You can check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. Or better yet, give them a call at 480-360-3000. 480-360-3000. Okay. Um, as I have been bothering the audience for days now, my associate producer, David, um, came in the studio to help try and straighten something out. He left me a Christmas present last week when I was out, and it's an LP, obviously. I'm pretty sure it's an LP. There's not many things it could be. But it's the best wrapping I've ever seen, ever, in any gift. And it's the only gift I've never opened and don't want to open because it kind of hits all my um, – hits all my strikes all my chords. It's uh, Washington po- – it looks like it's Washington Post wrap with a picture of Nixon and, and uh, Spiro Agnew from 1972. It's got an op-ed from William Buckley. It's got another picture of Spiro Agnew with John Wayne back when Hollywood was conservative. And uh, I just I just don't want to open it. Now, David hasn't spent much time on the radio. He is my associate uh, producer. Uh, No, no. He being trained by by my great producer, Bill. Bill doesn't like to do a lot of radio talking. um, So that's why um, you don't hear often as much from him on these airwaves as as other producers. But uh, David, um, David is a little more um, more uh, more open to talking on the mic. What what do I do here, David? Well, Merry Christmas. Thank you. I pulled this from First Monday. Yeah. This was from an old Republican magazine. Oh, okay. It wasn't the Washington Post. No, it was a syndication by the GOP. um, Apparatus. Yeah. 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 Okay. (laughs) Uh, The Nixon machine of 72. Yeah. Well, what you could do with it, Seth, well, you could... Put I it was up thinking and display an X-ray it, or something could, like uh, that. We could open it eventually, but eventually. maybe you want to wait for Christmas. You know, maybe uh, want to wait well, for I just I'm worried that uh, what's inside. As much as I love music, the LP, I'm sure it's great, but as much as I love it, I'm just worried that um, the wrapping might be better than than the gift itself. That's that's you know the the packaging might be better than what's inside. The uh, the 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 shell of the nut might be better than the nut. And well, I can assure you a little music never hurt anybody. <laughs> a little music never hurt anybody. Audience will get to know you a little bit better in 2023, David. Uh, what kinds of things brought you and attracted you to talk radio? Well, I actually have a family connection with it, believe it or not. Um, my grandparents and my great-grandparents were both radio missionaries. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. And where were they based out of? They were part of a network called FEBC, Far East Broadcasting Corporation. And uh, they were in Japan and the Philippines, and they traveled around to places like India and Korea. No kidding. Mm-hmm. 
No kidding. And you and I kind of uh, got to know each other pretty quickly uh, as a new hire here. Uh, you didn't start in this department, but we got to know each other pretty quickly because you were wearing you were wearing uh, lapel pins of candidacies of your you know, Nixon's the one. I think you had a Goldwater pin at one point. You even went back to maybe Harding and Coolidge Day. You like old political memorabilia, which would be that's right. Yeah, that's part of my personality. I collect the political pins, but uh, yeah, I just. Love that sort of thing. What t- what got you into into politics and 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 your love of that? I can tell you the day I got into it and my love of it. What 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 got you into it? I would say it was a, a sense of longing for where this country has been, yeah. where this country should be going, yeah. and uh, a feeling of uh, nostalgia of a time that I never got to experience. Did you get some of this from your daddy and mommy? Not as much. Yeah. I was the son of a minister, yeah. and you know the church tries to be impartial. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I um, I tell the story, and maybe it explains why why Nixon is such a um, such a touchstone for me. I think I have read every I think I've read every Nixon biography there is. The reason uh, I I'm, I guess I'm so interested is it was implanted at me in an early age, very young age, uh, because of Watergate. I was uh, I loved Captain Kangaroo. Remember? Did you ever see the Captain Kangaroo show? It was, it was a TV show for kids, kind of. Uh, a variety show for for children and uh, Captain Kangaroo Ed Keishan was a um, was actually a, a trained educator knew a lot about education and um, the show was preempted by the Watergate hearings and uh, I threw temper tantrums over this and uh, was forced to sit and watch these things with Ehrlichman and Haldeman and Sam Irvin and the Watergate committee and uh, Fred Thompson people forget Fred Thompson the former actor um uh, cut his teeth in politics as the attorney for the Republicans uh, during the Watergate hearings. But uh, it was Watergate uh, preempting Captain Kangaroo, which got me, I guess, my interest in Nixon and my love for politics and maybe also for education, too, and for children's issues. That's all. It all came out in 1974 when I was just a tyke. That's where it came from for me. You can make no mistake by... By giving me Nixon memorabilia. No mistake. <laughs> well, you could keep the wrapping paper, but I hope you listen to the record. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Will you give me a hint at least? Is it raw, classic rock, jazz, uh, 70? What, what's the genre? Uh, it's 70s. Okay. Um, I think Seth Leibson would consider it rock, but I don't know. If <laughs> the 70s always yeah. a dig. Always just a little bit of a turn of the... Turn of the knife there, which is what I may need to open this uh, this gift as a turn of the knife. David, thank you. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Appreciate the gift. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate your good spirit and fun and your friendship. Merry Christmas. All right. I am Seth Leafson, 602-508-0960. We will be right back. Let me give you just a little bit of what we got coming up. We do every year a uh, special hour with Steve Moak, Jr., on how to um, help friends and family who might be struggling with sobriety. Um, we will be uh, having Steve in uh, in the studio and in-house uh, for our second hour, taking your calls. It's an important time of year to keep that sobriety message uh, out there, and any advice uh, Steve has is always great advice. And um, Sam Stone will be joining us in the third hour. Your calls along the way, 602-5080-960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by our good friends at Y Refi. If you are looking for an investment, 
not correlated or tied to the stock market, why Refi has an offer for you. It's an investment in a portfolio where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose. No loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. And as I say, not correlated to the stock market. This is a secure collateralized portfolio. Delivers a high fixed interest rate up to 10.25%. That's right, up to 10 and a quarter percent. Why Refi is a due diligence approved firm, and you can check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R E F Y.com, or give them a call at 888 Y Refi 34. That's 888 Y Refi 34. Great people. Here's, here's two stories that, here's a story that doesn't make sense. Uh, reading off Fox News, President Biden was furious and cursed repeatedly about the border crisis as illegal immigrants kept flocking to the overwhelmed southern border, according to an upcoming book detailing the first years of Biden's presidency. Quote, in the fight of his life inside Joe Biden's White House, author Chris Whipple describes Biden's fury as his administration attempted to get a grip of the raging crisis at the border in 2021, where a historic surge was underway and there was growing criticism of the administration. Illegal immigrants kept arriving, and Biden was furious, the book says. This is, I'll tell you why, it doesn't make sense. Joe Biden got what he asked for. He got precisely what I wish Republicans could get what we ask for as easily as he got what he gets what he asks for. It was his effort to win in the Democratic primary in 2015 when he made a big deal of inviting people to surge to the border. He was trying to make sure he was on the right side, left side, whatever the right phraseology is here, on the good side of the progressive movement in America and get the nomination wrested away from people with far more well-known left-wing credentials like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Anyone remember this? I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. Okay. I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. He asked for it. He got it. And that's why I don't get why he would be mad about it. He got what he asked for. Unless, of course, he forgot about it. Steve Moak Jr. coming right up. Don't go away. 602 508 We will be right back.